0: Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a
1: single episode. Good morning, welcome and a very happy new year, belatedly so. Um, from all of us at the uh, Football Digest um, podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. And it's delighted that we're a a, a tremendous trio this morning rather than a fabulous foursome. But um, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, I'm John Cross from the Daily Mirror, joined by my colleague Andy Dunn, um, uh, Chief Sports Writer from the Daily Mirror, and uh, Matt Dunn, football aficionado. And you can see from behind him, king of all he purveys... He's got a stat on everything going. Um, Matt Dunn from the Daily Express. Um, nice to nice to uh, see you guys. And um, yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? Actually, for various various reasons. So I've I've missed you. You know, it feels like it feels like the gang's back together, and there's plenty to to dissect and go through. Really, after the Carabao Cup um, semi-finals and non semi-finals of this week. Um, Where did Tottenham go now under Antonio Conte? That seemed like an absolutely brutal reality check from from the Spurs manager. The title race, is it cities to lose? Man United's divisions in the camp, we're told. Return of the FA Cup now. You'll know that I love the FA Cup. The transfer window and much more besides. But look, let's start. Um, with with uh, tottenham and um their defeat at chelsea chelsea was so dominant matt you, you and i were both there at Stamford bridge i think it was the first really cold night of the year well, i mean we're only six days in but um it, it did feel like it was an icy experience for for the Spurs away end and also the Spurs manager on the sidelines he was absolutely brutal in what he said just assess what he what he said, Matt, because he was absolutely, you know, killed his team, didn't he? Killed his players, rather, and sort of kind of told the fans, well, it's going to take a long time to fix this, so you better be patient. I love Conte, but was that the right approach?
2: I was surprised. I went straight onto social media after the game on the way home, saw Harry Kane tweet, the tie's not over, and I think, well, you should listen to your manager talking, because he's already given up on a 2-0 defeat, which should have been a lot more, admittedly. But the, uh, he kind of hinted upon it uh, in his pre-match stuff about the gap between where Spurs are now and where Chelsea are. Um, but uh, but it was almost like, see, I told you so. And he said, well, that's not the attitude of a manager who whose appointment was supposed to be a signal to, to Harry Kane and the rest of Spurs that they're there to win things. Um, you know, he, he's talking about it being a year before, uh, you know, possibly even more before they're back Competing, you think? Well, you've only got an eighteen-month contract, so you know you, you better get a hurry on. Um, you know, and it's only just over; it's only a couple of years since they were the Champions League finalists. So, you know, it, it's it was a remarkable. I mean, it, it's a brutal assessment of where Spurs are because they aren't the team they used to be. But actually, if you look player for player, a lot of the players are the same. You know, they've still got Kane, Moore, and Son, which most teams in the Premier League would be happy with as a front three, and that's the hardest part to to get right. You know, Hoiberg had a bit of a stinker last night, but generally is a top midfielder. You know, Dias, he was touting as one of the potential to be one of the best defenders in the world. He wasn't playing last night, but I'm sure, you know, one player can't make that difference. And, and I, I like Larice. People don't. Some do, some don't. So he's got the spine of a decent team there. And to write them off completely as even Champions League challengers uh, and saying that, you know, someone will have to have a big failure for them to get in, well, United are busy doing that for them. So, you know, fourth place is up for grabs this season and, and just need someone to take the ball by the horns uh, and snatch it back again. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how the Spurs players even bother turning up next week because he's already told them that they're miles off where Chelsea are. You know, it's I, I don't get the mentality of what he's trying to do. I thought he looked incredibly subdued as well. Ring. And Zebedee would look subdued next to Thomas Tuchel, perhaps. But but even so, Conte just didn't seem to have the fight in him, and that's really strange for him. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I'm with you in the Hugo Lloris camp.
1: I, I you know, I do uh, as a as a as a goalkeeping watcher and uh, admirer. I, I, I'm still very much in the in the Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris is, um, yeah, 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 well, you know, yeah, I've had my moments. I still like Lloris and I I do not understand quite where the negativity comes from sometimes on him. He's a very good goalkeeper, but still great experience. Um, uh, Andy, I mean, you know, is that a cry from a manager to his chairman to say, go on then, back me in the window? It felt like that a little bit maybe to me. Maybe is that an agenda that he's eager to push?
0: Yeah, possibly. I just want to pick you up first of all, um uh, John, on uh, it felt like the first cold night. If ever I've heard a Southern Statement, wherever it's been a freezer beer since October, mate. Oh, it's cold night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better than the year. Well, 2021, right
1: 2020. okay. 2022. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, come on, it's only <laughs> six days North, mate. Um, this, um, I wish I wish I wish it was allowed to more often, but there you go. That's the <laughs> story. Yeah, say, Yeah, listen. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm pretty certain that that, that he, he would have had before taking the job. I, I assume he would have had, you know, some guarantees, or he certainly would have known if they were going to do anything in the transfer window. So I don't think he particularly needed to sort of give Daniel Levy. Um. A nudge like that, I think, I think that that would have already been decided before he, he, he took the role. I agree with Matt, that it seems quite odd that he's saying it's going to be well over a year and he's only got 18 months. However, what I would say is, is that you know, and again, I agree that Spurs have got a good squad that should be competing for the top four place. But what I would say is that it, when he says it's going to take that sort of time, it sort of fits in with the sort of time it can be a bit tiresome when managers come in and say, Oh, you know, they're clearly they're clearly getting excuses in first by saying it's going to take, you know, it's a long-term job, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that. But on on on, on the other side of that, these managers such as Conte, the elite managers, look how long it really took, you know, um, Jürgen Klopp to establish exactly the way he wanted Liverpool playing. You know, it was a fair old time. You know, it, 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 was, it was over a year for him to do that. Even to a certain extent, look at, Look at Guardiola, Manchester City. You know, arguably, without doubt, the best manager, but well, yeah, in, in best club manager in the world, as far as I'm concerned. But you know, it took him. He didn't win anything in his first year at Manchester City. It took him a year to establish exactly the way he wanted to play. Now, it might take Conte that, which is again ironic that he's got this eighteen month deal. So, I do get, I do get the theory that managers such as Conte, Clark, Guardiola to a certain extent, you know, it didn't take Tuchel that long, but then Tuchel had a better squad than than Conte's got as disposable at Spurs. So I would give him that. I mean, I, th- I think it, it, it was probably always going to be a little bit, he might've always been a little bit subdued going back to Chelsea last night anyway, you know, just the circumstances of the return. So I would, uh, <laughs> I would excuse him, you, you know, no, the, the 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 sorts of not doom and gloom, but the, you know, oh, the, well, this is a massive job ahead of me. You know, it it, it is a big job. But again, it's a big job if he wants them to be competing with what we all accept now are the big three, with City, Liverpool, and as he said, Chelsea. It's not that big a job, as Matt says. It's realistic the, that fourth place is absolutely up for grabs. We know that. We, we know that that's going to be a fight between Manchester United, Arsenal, Spurs, you know, maybe West Ham, maybe another and but you know, I don't think that's unrealistic, and I don't think it's unrealistic for them to have a cup run either. It's not unrealistic for them to get results in a return leg, and as we'll go on to later, to have a run in the FA Cup. But you know, I, I get where it's coming from. Let's put it that way. Even if it doesn't send out the best signal in the in the near, you know, in the immediate sense for Spurs morale.
1: Yeah, I must say, to be clear, you win your games in hand... And Spurs are and Spurs, you know, pole position for fourth, basically. I mean, I know he, he was making the point generally, wasn't he? Every game in the Premier League has been a struggle to get three points, and I've seen a few of them. And I must say, it feels like that a bit. Ultimately, Conte Conte has done what Conte does, and that's get results. And I think he's quite an impressive manager in that. And that's what that's the why, you know. The Spurs recruited him, but just to be clear here. On the on the Spurs bench last night was Reggion, Winks, Brian Hill, who you know, who frankly is a, you know, is it was a decent sort of signing and sort of signing made you know made to make a difference. Joe Roden, who, who let's be honest here is probably a squad squad player, right? And you know, he's done all right on occasion. Lo Celso, again, you know, a, a player with a reputation and ability. Deli Ali, reserve goalkeeper. Tangi and Dombale another reserve goalkeeper. I mean, you know, I have to say there reaches a point where you've got to start examining why, you know, Spurs started with Matt Doherty, who's really struggled at the club as a, as a left wing back when you got Reggie on on the bench. Do you want to win the game or not? You know, basically. And that's, so I, I actually think that I, I'm a huge Conte fan. And I basically think what an amazing coup, and what an amazing appointment from Spurs. But, Matt, doesn't Conte have to look at himself and say, do you know what? Yeah, we're a long way short, but actually, sorry, but I got it badly wrong last night. And I seriously think he did because I agree with you, Hoiberg had an off night, didn't he? And I I, I don't know whether Hoiberg's a Conte fit. It doesn't look like Hoiberg has been a patch on his performances, frankly, I don't think, Um if you compare them to to what he achieved under Mourinho, even with Nuno, basically. And I don't, you know, sorry, but let's see. I think maybe it's exposing Hoiberg a, a little bit. Hoiberg is a good shield, but is he a good, kind of good, both ways midfielder. I, I just think, didn't you think that Conte got it wrong as well? After?
2: Yeah, I think, well, he certainly didn't respond to the fort at the back that Chelsea came up with until half-time, by which time it was too late. Um, it was clear they were being overrun in mid- midfield early on, um, and, and also being forced wide, which they might like to be. And so tactically, he wasn't there. It's like I say, though, his, his body language was wrong on the touchline. I just, I think he was having he was having an off day. Uh, and like you say, uh, I mean, I don't think Dotti or Regian's going to make the difference between winning and losing. But uh, yeah, some of his delivery, I think. could Needs to be better for the way Conte wants to play, which is is part of his problem. Um, but certainly, it's better than Doherty's when he's turning back inside again, um, onto his right foot. Um, but yeah, yeah, Conte. I don't think had, and I don't think his messaging was right. It comes back to that. I don't see how he's firing up players. I mean, let, let's look at his record at White Hart Lane for the second leg. They've once they've played seven games under Conte, won six of them, drawn against Liverpool. There's no reason why they should be going into a Two 0 deficit at home with any sorts of fear, and he should be saying, you know, we score early at White Hart Lane, and suddenly it's game on again. But but he's given up, and it's just just odd because that's not that's not the mentality we were sold about him, um, and or what we saw at Chelsea, indeed in the first couple of months at Spurs. So yeah, I think he's, I think with him going back to his old club and wanting. To have a better team to take there, perhaps. He he's, he's talked himself into a, a belief that, that probably isn't quite as bad as he's painted it for himself. Mm. Yeah, no, sure.
1: Andy and on the on the positive, Chelsea were really good, weren't they? I mean, particularly first half. Maybe they could have been a bit more ruthless. I mean, it's been an interesting week, isn't it, for for <laughs> for, for, for Thomas Tuchel. How do you think how do you think and how do you see that sort of the Kaku saga and interview gate? has as, as played out by the way I've never known so many journalists get so angry about a player giving an interview blimey if you can't you know blimey. a few people need to have a little look at themselves over that but that's Gary just Neville, our industry I want to have a
2: word in particular mightn't he sorry
1: Gary Neville who oh, unbelievable unbelievable yeah. Gary God, what's Gary you? Golf partner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely absolutely put those golf clubs away
0: you, you know, you know what? It, it, it's funny. I was actually, I was actually away for a couple of days uh, when, when it sort of broke, and 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 when, when you're off work, you sort of look at it a, a little bit different. You look at it almost as though you know, almost though you 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 just an out now fan or an out now, you know, impartial observer. Well, no, but but you know, you just look at it slightly from a distance. and I, and I actually didn't find what Lukaku said as heinous as. Thomas Tuchel certainly found it, as most people seem to, to find it. There you was know, some sort of betrayal of the club. I thought to myself, well, this is the type of thing people say if they're frustrated, you know, which he clearly was at the time. Um, and then what you find even more alarming is the actual apology, you know, which was just, you know, I mean, I mean, it, 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 it looked like he'd been held hostage, didn't it, you know? And it, it was, I don't know, I think the whole thing... you know. <laughs> Tuchel comes out of it to me, you know, a little bit oversensitive, you know. And in the end, his, you know, although Chelsea played very well, obviously against Liverpool, um, not to have the option of Lukaku, you could interpret that as a as a bold call, as a as a as a brave call, as a stamp in his authority call. Or you could actually say, well, you know, there is an element there, you know, if you'd had him at your disposal, then maybe. You know, you, you could have done something with it. When, when when Pep Guardiola disciplined Jack Grealish and Phil Foden, you know, he, he took them and put them on the bench and he stuck them on the bench and he made them sit there. He was probably never going to play them. He made them go all the way up to Newcastle. He didn't say, well, have a Sunday off, boys, you know, and go back out, you know, maybe in Manchester or put your feet to at home. He took them all away, put them on the bench, made them warm up, you know, made, made them watch Newcastle for goodness sake. And like, and they were never going to get a game. Now I just think that maybe, maybe I don't know. He went a bit too far. Um, I think when we look back on it, it will become, you know, I don't. I, I think it will become a little bit of a storm in a teacup, in, in in a way. That's the way I saw it. As I say, not being involved in it, the way I saw it, it was a little bit um, of a straight. I certainly don't think what Lukaku said in the interview was worthy of him being. Being disciplined in the way that he was in the drop from the squad, and he's and been
1: fine, Andy, isn't he? You know, I, he has. He,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. And Two I don't believe, season. I don't believe that that was the right. And I also don't believe that it was it merited the sort of um, mea culpa sort of that he had to give on video. Um, and I have to say, if, if if I was him, I think I'd be you know. while he's obviously gone along with it. I think you know I'd be a little bit resentful of the way. You know, you've basically been sort of vilified by the management of the club for basically saying things that were, you know, yes, I understand they weren't ideal, but they were. I mean, they were hardly, you know, they were hardly the sorts of things that, you know, for example, Danny Rose said it in his interview with with uh, with Dave Kidd, I mean, a couple of years back, you know, really sort of like you know, criticizing Spurs. So I don't think, I don't think it was the, the most heinous crime I've ever heard from a player. That's for sure. No, no. It is in
1: football. Is such a weird business, isn't it? That basically, Lukaku has obviously done a, an interview without Chelsea's knowledge, without knowledge even of his agent or his kind of you know publicity people. And you know, he's done this to try and sort of woo back into you know. He's effectively been publicly humiliated and disciplined in 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 return. I, I don't. Can you imagine if that happened to us? That if we'd got. You know, if we'd been disciplined, we'd been fined and docked wages, that we would have then sat in front of a TV camera and said, sorry, guys, got it all wrong. Blame me. It's all my fault. I don't know. It's such, a, it's such a, I just can't get my head around the whole soap, a soap opera of it, Matt, really. It's bizarre, well, it's, isn't it? it? Is Football's a, soap- a weird world, isn't it?
2: <laughs> it is a weird world, and there's no way that that's handled like that on the eve of the Champions League final for instance if he'd done that. It gets laughed off when Chelsea are winning and doing great things. Tuchel needed something like that because Chelsea were in danger of getting stuck in a bit of a rut. And and when when the story broke and the quotes broke and uh, Chelsea were made aware of the quotes, the initial reaction well these are these are four weeks old, you know, it's he was out of the team. We can't deny he said them, but you know, put it into context, he hadn't played for several months, blah, blah, blah it was Tuchel who, who, who made it a thing the following day. Um, and I think he wanted to. And I think you can sell it to Lukaku as a slap. Yeah, you know, you've got to take your slap across the wrist because they're, they're told not to do interviews without uh, being authorised. Uh, so he has... Made that mistake, fundamental mistake, as far as they're concerned, um, and uh, so so he's got to take whatever punishment's coming to him. But the Zouks used this definitely. Um, he was laughed, he laughed it off on the television interview afterwards, saying, "Well, you know, at least Lukaku managed to get himself a break at the weekend, and uh, ho ho ho, aren't we all jolly together again?" Uh, and, he, and he's it's served his purpose because he's taken their biggest name uh, and shown that he's bigger. Uh, and I think the one thing that was lacking a little bit from Tuchel's armoury was the sense that he is sort of the alpha male in that setup, uh, uh, and that he is able to assert himself because he hasn't had to all the time. They're winning; it's all we're all jolly boys together, and you know it's a great team spirit. This is the first test of his management sort of style, uh, and he's felt that he wanted a scapegoat, and, uh, and he and he's take, leapt upon this opportunity. And I think you'll see a lot of love. For towards Lukaku in the coming weeks as he tries to redress the balance and, uh, and usher him back into to the fold a bit again, having served his purpose. So as long as Lukaku buys into that and sees that, I, we all know of managers who've used friendly players and players that, that they can really give a rollicking to because they've wanted to give a king to a senior player in front of the rest of the dressing room. And I think that's the message, isn't it? It's, come on, we're all in this together. You don't start talking out. of um, turn, uh, And that's the message he wants to put around to the whole squad, not just Lukaku. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sure he's explained that to Lukaku saying, yeah, it might seem a bit harsh, but you know, you've got to set an example and all the rest of it. Uh, and I think things will settle down. Like you say, it become a storm in the teacup, providing that results pick up. If not, that noise then just gets louder and louder and louder, and uh, and a lot of that is is the gamble that Tuchel's taken. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we're only talking about one semi-final because we lost the
1: other one, um, Arsenal Liverpool. Um, how do we how do we feel that's been that's sort of played out? Really, it's played out very publicly, isn't it? I mean, obviously Jurgen Klopp wasn't at wasn't at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. They were missing three players. You know Pep Linders, what a character he is, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, subsequently tests, tests positive and, and, and misses the Arsenal trip, and it, you know they've obviously got more cases. There was a lot of ang- angst, wasn't there, about kind of you know should the game should the game be go ahead down to sort of Liverpool reschedule? You know, are the FL handling it right? How have we seen this? You know, we. We're losing games left, right and centre. We're going to lose a lot of FA Cup games, I think. How on earth are we going to get all these games in? How, how's the process been handled, Andy, do you think?
0: Well, I mean, I think there is still room to get the games in. I mean, obviously now that there is permission, um, for example, for Premier League games to be played in the same, at the same time as UEFA Champions League games, which will help. I mean, ironically, with the, with, with the two-legged um, Carabao Cup um, semi-final set up, you know that that has a couple of weeks when there are, I mean, fixtures available. So fixture dates available. So I still don't think it's it, it, it's a it's a mega scheduling crisis. I, I really don't think so. I just think I just think the irony of this particular cancellation. You know, it, it, it is is when an EFL Cup game gets cancelled when it's one of the big teams you say they can't field the team. Considering the sorts of teams they have traditionally fielded in the EF, EFL Cup, it it, 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 it beggars belief quite frankly. You know, it it it's it's this. If it was a if it was a third round tie, you know, against the League Two side, then obviously they'd be more than happy to play under 23s, under 19s, even, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, it's a semi-final against a top Premier League team. So they so they don't want to do that. I understand that. I mean I, but you know, I do think I do, listen, I, the problem not the problem, but the issue is we actually in terms of transparency, we don't actually know. Exactly, how many people have got COVID? Who they are, etc., etc., etc. We do know that they're missing players anyway, and um, should that be taken into account? The fact that Mane, for example, and Salah, and at the Afcon, um, should we should that be taken into consideration? No, it shouldn't. So I just find it ironic that this this particular um, um, game can be cancelled. I mean, I wouldn't get into too much of a lotting about it. You know, they've they've rearranged it, uh, the first leg one. We'll now be Anfield in the second um, at the Emirates, you know, which might give Arsenal a slight advantage. It wasn't them who asked for the game to be postponed, um, but I don't think it's a crisis, John. In the sense that I do think there will be, you know, I, I think I think that there will be enough dates for uh, for us to get the games in. And, uh, and I and I wouldn't anticipate. I mean, I don't know. I might be well. I might be wrong, but there'll be many more games. for Example Premier League games when the Premier League comes back a week on. On Friday, um, I wouldn't anticipate there being that that many games called off. So I'm I'm, I'm not you know I wouldn't I wouldn't panic here, That's for sure. I just find it odd that this one you know I just find it I, just a bit rich that you can call it that the a team a a, a a big one of the one of the big Premier League teams can actually say we can't feel the side in the AFL Cup when you know they would have fielded their schoolboys here in the past. Yeah, it It does make me laugh really simply because I think I'm a big defender
1: of the Carabao Cup, and I like the League Cup as a competition. And I just think, well, you know, suddenly, actually, now you reach semi-final stage, even a team like Liverpool, basically, who you know, frankly, mixed and matched throughout the rounds, suddenly see it as a serious competition. You know, which I think is good. I think it's good. It is a good thing.
2: Well, the word is an interesting one that you use there, Andy, because the whole the word rich that you use there is an interesting one because ultimately behind it all as is always the case these days there's money and so much of the efl overall uh, rights packages tv rights packages are stacked behind these five fixtures at the end of the carabao cup where they want the biggest teams in the country playing in the semi final two-legged semi-finals which is why it won't go down to one leg without you know, certainly not on a whim on this occasion. Uh, and the fact is they could reschedule it. There was space in the calendar, February 27th, they've got to get this tie done by when the final is, uh, and they they could do it. So they thought, well, why not have a really uh, good semi-final to look forward to, um, which we can sell to our rights holders, we can show our rights holders we're protecting their interests. And, and about half the revenue that comes is kind of, it, it's estimated half the interest, half the money that's put in is so that, Rights holders can secure those five games, the two semi, two two-legged semi-finals and the final, uh, and it's, it's just simply the case of the EFL looking after that. And to be fair, a lot of that money then filters down the pyramid. And if the EFL start cheapening their their product at the moment, then I think you know lower league clubs suffer as a result. So I think they have a duty to to try and. Shore up this competition, and and although, like you say, there is the an- anomaly of them playing kids in other games. Yeah, we want to see a fairly full strength Liverpool team against a- as good a team as Arsenal can muster, um, uh, uh, and see who does the best out of that. And uh, you know, I-, I don't have a problem with that. And and like you say, they'll catch up. There's room in the calendar. Um, that stupid UEFA rule about playing not playing games on the same days. Now that's gone. It gives a lot more freedom. And you know, we used to have snowy winters when matches were cancelled, sort of every week, and whole fit match days were wiped out by snow. And that doesn't seem to happen anymore with new sort of pitch conditions and other sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, it's not a not a fixture crisis yet. No, Matt,
1: Matt. I think you touched on a good point, which was just about the rescheduling. Which, because a lot of a lot of fans, largely Arsenal fans, I have to say, were getting themselves in a bit of a lather on Tuesday, saying, "Oh, Liverpool should be kicked out," you know, uh, like Orient were, um, because they couldn't field a team against Spurs. But the point is, wasn't it that basically it, it was um, you, you have to reschedule that you have to be able to reschedule the game, don't you, before the next round of the competition? which is obviously what exactly what the EFL the EFL were able to do um so i, just, I you know it's it, i think it's a, <laughs> it's a bit of a shame that people couldn't realize that there was a bit of a world outside of a outside of North London and B outside of Merseyside and sort of may, maybe explain it properly simply because I do think Orient probably felt very aggrieved at the time, lost a lot of cash potentially, and I think probably, arguably, um, treated it, you know harshly. Whether you like it or not, you know it had to be had to be decided. But you know you've got to, you've got to find a find a way around it. But I d- it really annoys me, I have to say, to see a lot of you know rival fans gloating in in the fact of the teams then suffering a a covid outbreak honestly i know we have tribalism i know we'll never get over it but honestly seriously do yourselves a favor and stop you know celebrating that the players getting sick even if they're of the clubs you don't like it's not it's not clever Title race, Um, Man City. I mean, you know, any way back, Andy? Any way back at all? I mean, or should we just, you know, should we just um, pet the trophy now?
0: Well, listen, you know, Liverpool and Chelsea are capable of going on phenomenal runs as as they've both shown in recent history. Um, But, you know, I mean, City at the moment are just relentless. I mean, absolutely relentless. I was just going through actually some some stats for City over, well, just over Pep's entire five and a half years, wherever it is here, and over the calendar year of 2021, you know. And, and the concept of them actually, you know, no matter what run Liverpool and Chelsea go on, you are going to have to see City lose, you know, maybe three or four times in, 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 their, in their last, how many games they've got left? 17, you know, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, it just does not happen. I mean, mainly because they've got the ball most of the time. You know, I mean, it's 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 a simple fact. That, you know, they are, um they have the ball so much that they're not not particularly conceding many goals. You know, they're scoring goals and they're scoring goals throughout the entire team. You know, I mean, it's remarkable that that they are the top scorers in the division by by one um, ahead of Liverpool. And and at the top of the individual Premier League scoring charts are Mohamed Salah and um, Diogo Jota. You know, and there's not a City player to be seen, you know, until, um, you know what, I don't even know where. I think it's probably about 10th and Ilkay Gundogan with, with you know, a, a few. No, actually, no, 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 sorry, that was last year. I think it's probably about 10th with, I think it's Raheem Sterling or Bernardo Silva or both who've scored maybe seven goals. I mean, this is remarkable stuff that City are doing and it's all about... Collective responsibility, scoring is collective responsibility, defending is collective responsibility. Contrast that, for example, with United. I mean, we might come on to that later. You know, who's you know, you have all these divisions in the ranks, and you know, I, 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 you know, I've got all three teams. I've seen quite a lot of this season, and every time I've seen them, I have thought, you know, what I, I fancied Chelsea at the start of the season. Nothing much changed for a while, and then watch Liverpool play, and I thought, blimey, they are back to their like, you know attacking from all angles, you know, absolutely destructive best. And then I just keep coming back to City and I go to City and there's something different. There's never, there's very, very rarely a sense of jeopardy in the game. There was against Arsenal, to be fair, but there's very rarely, you know, you go there and, and, and you just know that they are going to be, certainly in the Premier League, just, just grinding out so many wins and grinding is, is is the wrong word because obviously, you know, they're extremely attractive to watch. And And in answer to your question, No, I don't see a way back for anyone else. Physically, I think they are, you know, unbelievable in in how robust they are. Um, They don't seem to have suffered too many um, serious injuries. Um, They're unbelievably fit. They've got a great squad. You know, they're doing it without strikers. Um, Defensively, he has options. Um, I I just, it's hard. You you know, you would be really, I wouldn't say clutch against straws because Liverpool and Chelsea are fantastic teams. As they showed in that in that wonderful game um, on Sunday. But it's hard to see how City will will, will now, now slip up. And don't forget, this is the time of year that traditionally they they they, they they've been, well, when I say traditionally, traditionally, as in as in Pep traditions, have gone on great runs. I mean, I think I think they went the entire last January unbeaten, didn't they? Across all competitions, nine games. The fixtures have fallen nicely for them because they've got their games in. I mean, that's the irony of what we were talking about before, about games being postponed, because they've got their games in. You know, they've got the games done, points in the bag. Fishless falls nicely. They're playing Swindon tomorrow night in the FA Cup. They don't have, you know, they don't have eight days before they play, you know, Chelsea at home. And, and and clearly, if they beat Chelsea at home, then that is pretty much Chelsea's out of the way. They're just then left with Liverpool. And, you know, and, and Liverpool in particular have got, you know, two games to catch up on on City. So, plus the Carabao Cup. You know, ironically, considering that City, you know, I don't know, dominated the the EFL Cup for so long. And I'm sure, you know, as, as we all know, how Pep is, he, he was, he, he was, you know, pretty upset that they they went out of this year's one, losing their first EFL Cup tie for goodness knows how long. But on reflection, considering what's happened, I bet he's, I bet he's fairly pleased with that. You know, I, I mean, you know, Liverpool have got two games to catch up on City in the Premier League and have got two legs of a Carabao Cup semi-final, possibly the final to, to fit in as well. And of course, you, you know, I mean City are losing Mares to the to Afcon, you know, and, and we all know he can be replaced, whereas Salah um and Mane are far harder to replace for Liverpool. So in a very long winded answer me, I, I just it, it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Some some bookies in the PR stuns have started paying out on City. I wouldn't go that far yet. But it would be a huge shock to me now if they didn't go on and win the title from here. Yeah, I, to- I do totally agree. Let, let, let's
1: switch our attentions, Matt, to, to the other side of Manchester in the United. I love newspapers, right? So please don't get me wrong. But it did make... This week has really made me laugh because I think Wolves are cracking this season. Don't score enough goals. You know, Bruno Lager is is, is doing a super job. And he's got some super players and actually they played some nice football, but they're just not scoring goals. But it did feel like, blimey, you know, Wolves are half decent. I don't know whether anyone's kind of, you know, sort of in Manchester, sort of kind of caught a look at the Premier League table. But if if losing 1-0 at home to, to Wolves, you know, precipitates an absolute crisis and the fallout that we've, we've subsequently um, felt, It it really is quite. I don't know. Maybe Wolves fans should be somewhat patronised, insulted, or a bit of both, basically. But that's actually overstating it because I think some of the coverage, I think, and some of the details, terrific, really, on um, you know Raniak and what's what's gone wrong, the manner of the bloke, the the the, the tactics. There was a couple of people who were sort of referring to people, the players never even heard, having heard of him. Um, before he rocked up at Old Trafford, which did make me laugh. Um, and, and basically, didn't, you know, blimey. I don't know what that says more, who that says more about, to be honest. Um, but, you know, what, what do you make of it, Matt? I mean, you know, it felt like Raniak was brought in to kind of solve a crisis. And it feels like in some of the fallout and some of the reporting and some of the analysis, it feels like the crisis has deepened, doesn't it?
2: Well, it does certainly, yeah. Um, what's still lacking from United? I find, and when you use people like Tuchel, Conte, even, and obviously Klopp, as a stick to beat them with, it's the energy. I'm not feeling any energy from from him. He comes in, he he has his great tactical master plans, all the rest of it. But what United need doing is taking up by the scruff of the neck uh, and being made into a proper club again. Uh, and I, I don't feel he's got the energy for that. He certainly hasn't got the mandate for that. With this short-term contract and then disappearing upstairs. The players have been given license virtually to ignore him if he tries, you know, to try and bully them in any way. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it, unless he came up with some tactical genius plan to, to get them winning straight away. I I, I never was a big f- fan of the appointment, to be honest, because I, I didn't see what, what he was bringing to the table. Uh, and, you know, if just somebody to get them going again, uh, you know, the, some of the players are still there. You know, they're, they're good players. But when he's not, we talked about, uh, you know, Tuchel setting down a marker. When Cristiano Ronaldo allowed to, to ball out, question, you know, the, the spirit and mentality of the rest of the squad publicly uh, without any sort of rebuke, he's, he's not strong enough character to leave that dressing room uh, and that's the problem and it is falling apart you know Ronaldo has every right with everything he's done in the game to stand in that dressing room look you know players in the eye and tell them they're not good enough for United but don't do it publicly because you know that doesn't work you know it's not his role to you know he was made captain the other night but but essentially he's just another voice uh, and if the manager wants to do that that that's a tactic he can employ but but it's just going to increase resentment, um, increase division, especially when you're the one not doing any of the running. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. And I just don't think he's, he's as I said earlier, alpha male enough to, to control that situation and that environment. And, and like I say, drag it by the scruff of the neck back to where they need to be. So it's no surprise, and I'm not sure my feeling is either. I think he, he can perhaps paper over a few cracks, but but you know it just needs a whole revamp and some some energy in there. Pochettino. I, I
1: mean, uh, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, Andy, I know you, I know. You. Don't worry, I'm not going to chuck potch pot at you, Andy, because brought no, no but, but I know, I, ju- I just feel as if, like, uh, you know, someone I, someone I speak to put, put a great deal of faith in and story in basically, he was just, you know, in and around the game. It says, you know, Raniac, fantastic operator, fantastic as a director of football, sports director. Some of the, some of the things that, you know, he did in Germany, I'll be loved but even he was surprised. Uh, You know, he's a big admirer of him. He's done business with him, you know, and likes him a lot. But even he was surprised about, you know, being brought in as an interim manager stroke coach because he sort of said, well, he's, you know, his ideas are innovative, but innovative a few years back, you know, and it's, and he is, he he was first to say he's got a manner that will rub players up the wrong way because he's very dramatic, very, you know, very direct, very... Yeah, harsh and there's no airs and graces.
0: No, 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 no. Exactly. And again, just quickly going back to City and what, and what Pep's doing. You know that 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 is in essence one of United's biggest problems. You know they're having to sort of they're being judged against standards that they're, they're they're coming nowhere near to. They're, they're being judged against standards that are embarrassing them, players and and manager and boardroom. I agree with Matt. I, mean I was extremely sceptical about the appointment. um... Well, by its nature. I mean, about the idea that you can get someone in and then say, you know, a, a, a hipster, big name in the sort of world of coaching. Get him in and say, well, actually, you know, we only want you till the end of this. But then you'll be a consultant. So what happens to a new manager who comes in who has to work under this consultant, whatever he is successful? He clearly wants a job. Who the players' on- hate, by the way, by then? <laughs> I, know, I know, and the players <laughs> are already not liking it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, that, so it looks like, once again, they haven't got the... Um, the coaching appointment, um, correct. But let's not forget the players in this, please. You know, and let's not, you know what. And you talk about players saying, you, you, you know, you, you know about Ronaldo and um, publicly um, and what, what, how he's come across. Now Luke Shaw's comments on on um, at, after the Wolves game, you know, we're, were quite startling in a way. You know, we, we need to bring more motivation. more more motivation than you possibly need? I don't care who your coach is. You're playing for Manchester United, the self-proclaimed biggest club in the world. And then Luke Shaw said, well, you know, because we should be doing better this because we've got some players of unbelievable quality. Well, maybe they have, but you know what? Maybe this is an extremely overrated squad. You know, maybe some of these players just aren't good enough to operate at the sort of level that, again, going back to it, the big three clubs are operating at. Maybe Harry Maguire isn't quite good enough. Maybe Aaron Wambasaka. I mean, I, I mean, this sums up United, I mean, doesn't it? You know, is, there, is there, in?" Famously, Ed Woodward, when he was giving briefings to us a couple of years back, said, you know, when obviously we were all talking about having their director of recruitment, a sporting director, and he was defending their recruitment policy, pointing out that they'd scouted 408 right-backs when they wanted a new one. And and, and that was supposed to say how extensive and how great this recruitment policy was. 408, and they happened upon Aaron I mean, I mean, and and that's it. In a nutshell, their recruitment policy. So players like that wan and Maguire, are they good enough? When I say good enough, I mean right at that sort of City, Chelsea, Liverpool level. Fred, Scott McTominay had a, had a decent game. Last time I saw him, I think it was against Burnley. But, you know, I, I mean, is, is he getting into City side? Is he getting into Liverpool side? Is he getting into Chelsea side? Fred, McTominay, wan You know, and you also can't account um, for how some of the players... And they must take personal responsibility. How their form has just fallen off a cliff. And again, I, I, I include, I'm not picking on them at all, but I include Maguire and Wamba and in that. I also include Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho. You know, I, I, is Cavani really what, what he was in the past? You know, it, it, I, it, he's not going to get any better. Ditto Ronaldo. So when everyone says, you know, well, actually United have got this squad of unbelievable talent, is it really? I mean, is it really? I, uh, to me, no, I'm, I'm not looking at their players. I'm not looking at, at any of the, again, going back to the big three and them particularly being envious of well, pretty much anyone in that squad. You know, I don't think particularly if you put, I mean, it's funny, you know, you, you're reading the papers about how, how like, you know, 11 players, 12 players, the last thing I saw, there one... One newspaper was saying 17 players want to leave Old Trafford. Well, you know, you'd, you'd sort of, you'd rush them on the way, wouldn't you? you booked book them the taxi. You know, you'd, you'd walk them to whatever clubs they wanted to go to because there isn't enough quality there. And I do think away from the managerial side of it, that is an issue where the players have to look at themselves. And Matt talks about energy. And I'll tell you what I noticed about it as well is that energy-wise, players physically, to me, they look half a yard off the very, very, very top level. You know, I mean, Wolves knocked around them without any particular problem. And I know Wolves are a good side, John. I agree with that, by the way, because I saw Wolves actually get beat by United at uh, Molyneux in the season. By yes, yes, we were both there, weren't we? Uh, yes, Wolves dominated that game, you know, if you remember. And it was exactly the same story when Spurs beat Wolves in the season as well. Wolves, well, obviously, I mean, they've only scored, what is it, I don't know, 13, 14 goals? It's this crazy. Season. Few goals. It's crazy. But going back to United, so you've got so many players there who, who I think someone said, you know, need to look at themselves in the mirror. But some of them, basically, who maybe just aren't good enough for that very, very high level. As simple as that. And you know, the more you think about this squad, the more you think actually, strange as it, it sounds, it, need, it, need, it needs an overhaul. I think. I think one, one of our correspondents here is saying we need a complete overhaul at Manchester United. And I think he's right. You know, it, 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 it's very odd to, to say that, considering the investment they put into the playing squad and into the coaching setup. But I think he's right. Yeah, you strike on a great point about Wambasaka. I mean, really, you
1: know, they, they, they scouted however many hundred. You know, I, I, I must say, I was part of those conversations as well. Yeah, incredible. And they stumbled across the only one who, frankly, his use of the ball is just, well, championship. You know, I, I feel sorry for Wumber Sucker because obviously he started life perhaps as a more attacking player, which is, is, is you know, it's a little bit hard to believe because then basically you expect him to be a little bit better on the ball. Goes to United, huge fee, on the back of not very long in the Palace first team, frankly. It really wasn't. And he's gone there to, you know, uh, the self styled biggest club in the world. On you go, son. You, you you know you go and rip it up. You you know you're one of England's great fullback prospects. Well, he's not, is he? he he's fantastic defensive def- you know defender of a right back, but he, he, his distribution is not good enough for you know a, a top four team. That's the end, and long and short of it. And I thought Phil was as a young player, as a developing player, has been let down by by you know a lack of coaching, a lack of help and assistance. Because honestly, you, you look at him on the ball, he's just not at that level. And where United, you know, I mean, that's, that, that absolutely highlights every fault on United. Scouting, coaching, development. Come on. This is Man United. It's just not good enough. They failed the player, you know, more than I think the players let, let, let them down. It's a sorry reflection. I actually feel sorry for the player.
0: Just going, going on to that, John. You know that that is a broader picture. The, the recruitment, in terms of, you know, again and again, I'm, I'm sort of like, like, sort of guilty of what of, of what I'm saying is, is a general issue it, is that we're judging them against standards, for example, set by City that that are unrealistic. But where are the signings? The, 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 you know, if you look at the signings City make, they're not. They've spent an awful lot of money. We know that an incredibly rich club spends an awful lot of money, throwing money at it. But the signs they made to players that they've they've identified as being guys who're going to improve, guys who, who who will play in a certain way. So big money, but hardly absolutely off-the-shelf, you know, sort of uh, players. You know, so for example, you know, a Rodri, who could have been, you know, Rodri was, you know, big money, but who would have envisioned him running the show in the central city park? Jal Cancello, who's taken a long time to, to to come to hand, but has even Ruben Diaz, you know, our our football of the year last year. You know, and, and these are all players, you know, even to, even to Bernardo Silva to a saying this thing. Can away. I chuck in Sterling? You know, Sterling was the best part of 50 million
1: quid. And and yet, here's a player they signed for huge money. You know, basically, again, a young, young player, a prospect. He's gone there. And they've improved him. They've coached him, and now he's one of the best forwards in Europe. You know, and that's the difference. They've they've highlighted the player. They've identified. They've coached him. They've improved him.
0: And, and, and Liverpool likewise. But just going back to United, there, then you, you think of that joined up the one, but thing. As I say, I, I, I'm with you because, and I feel sorry for him. You know, he 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 he, 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 he was big money. He went through this this, this, this you know. Supposedly extensive recruitment policy, and now he's gone backwards in the sense that you know, you're right he's probably not in in terms of the England right back hierarchy. You know, you struggle to put him in the top six at the moment. I mean, you you, you really would, and and that and that sort of that's the, that that's the sort of player really. You know, United should have you know fully fledged international in every position. But then all the signings that you look at, I mean, I mean, Sancho, okay, we all you know, I like Sancho, but. You know, it was a lot of money for a guy. Basically, they were in a one-horse race for Sancho. They were, you know, it was simple as that. At that price for seventy odd million. Now, Varane, you know, I mean, a Rolls Royce of a centre back. But there was a reason why Real Madrid were not overly unhappy with letting him go. Ronaldo was a signer, and now we could argue that and dispute the the, the 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 rights and wrongs of that all day. But you know, overall, he has not improved them. You know, and he is, you know, at the very, very much at the at the tail end of his career in the same way that. Cavani is who they signed. So you're looking at it, and it doesn't seem to have. And again, we're going back now to the sport and director thing that has long been a stick to beat Edward Wood with. Is it where where it has it doesn't look like a joined up policy of recruitment to Manchester United? And that's why maybe you have a squad that that we we read is is fractured, is, you know, disillusioned, is full of clicks. Um, isn't getting on and that certainly seems away from the way they talk and the way they look on the pitch yeah no I, I totally agree totally I bring agree. in Ronaldo what's happened to Fernandes you know, yeah I, I well it's massively
1: impacted upon him is I mean he's a shadow of his form he doesn't know what he's doing frankly you know which, which is a great show Let's turn our attentions to the wonderful, glorious, magnificent, magical FA Cup. Because I love the FA Cup, if you didn't know already. Um, and listen, it, it, uh, you know, it's great to have fans back. It's great to have the sort of third round weekend One of my favourite, if not my favourite, you know, very favourite sort of uh, weekends of the the football calendar of the football season um, this weekend. Sadly, Matt, I'm not sure that there's too many wonderful sort of eye-catching ties. And Man City really going to slip up at Swindon. You know, what what can you see? Can you see Hull Everton? Sort of maybe, you know, Rafa's in a bit of trouble there maybe sort of thing. Could that be a sort of a banana skin? Yeah, it's not you know. There's a couple of big sort of kind of you know all Premier League ties. I, I I don't know. We 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 will find a shock. We will find a story somewhere. Where where will we find it? Do you think?
2: Well, uh, listen to Conte last night. I think more come Fancy their chance.
0: that
2: would be a nice. St- I mean that that's the beauty of it for the players. It's a great you know. Much as we like to see it the other way round with the Premier League stars going to to the back of beyond like Spurs had to at Marine last year. Um, You know, it's a great day out for them to to play in that stadium. And and that's part of the magic of the third round. But I agree. It's not that inspiring a draw, but, but something's going to happen somewhere and it'll literally be where you least expect it. So, yeah I'm at that spurs morgan game Yeah, it could be there you know it's you know not beyond the realms um so so now it's just looking forward to it it's a, it's a nice break from the premier league we we can uh, you know just enjoy football again for it's one of the great weekends of the sporting calendar isn't it the, the third round weekend so uh yeah, and some
1: hope- of the fa cup features love the fa cup features you know yeah
2: yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah we've all done those over the years various um you know firemen and whatever that are getting to play against stingling players and all the rest of it it's 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 a fantastic day for football it's what it's what it's the greatest cup competition in the world um uh, and and has its own particular magic so uh so yes but uh yeah I, I'm yeah looking forward to it I'm a traditionalist right i, I and
1: even I think right that maybe what might might, might make it particularly spicy this season is the lack of um, third and fourth round replays to join with the rest of the competition straight to pens, and it's basically, you know, Andy, do you
0: like that? Are we going to see more shocks of because of that? Yeah, absolutely, we are. I mean, you know, listen, first of all, we may not see as many shocks. I mean, full stop. Because without without of like downplaying the, you know, the, the romantic needs of the cup, which I love, I, I'm a little bit disappointed that there aren't um, any many more. Um, minnows in this at this stage of competition there's, there's not enough really you know, you forget for example uh, you forget how how far down the relatively far down the football pyramid marine where and are in fact you know um um you look at the i, I can't remember but i think it's the seventh or eighth step down we're not getting that because you know what wh- one of the one of the drip downs of, of the premier League being so strong is you get better players going down the pyramid down the leagues and 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 so so generally now, there aren't as many upsets in the first and second round, um which is a shame. you know it's a shame that we're not going to get the stories of you know out now part timers in the third round. however, i think I, I think you're right, you know I, I think the I think you get the lower league teams going to going to the big teams now. i mean and and is that I know there's always the incentive of getting a draw and taking them back to your place or vice versa if you're at home. But now there's the incentive of getting into a penalty shootout, you know, and, you know, as the, as the old adage goes, you know, you, you're talking lottery time there. So, so yeah, I do think, for example, someone like Morecambe, you know, who's a, a decent team, would, would, for example, it'll be a great day for them at the Tottenham-Wattspur Stadium. Who've Chelsea? Have they got, is it Chesterfield? No. I can't remember. They've got one of the lower league teams. It might be Chesterfield, I'm not sure. But... You know, and these teams can go there. I think well, if we can, you know, hold out against what is, you know, probably going to be. Um, Premier League teams are going to make some changes um, if they if they've got enough players. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think the no replays thing had to come in. You know, and I think it's, I think it's ideal. I think it's ideal for drama, um, and I think particularly now, considering the time that we're having in terms of COVID, then it's practical as, as well. Yeah, just,
1: just very quickly, I just want to touch on the transfer window before we get UFA Cup memories. But I mean, I'm not sure we're going to get a massively exciting transfer window from everything that I hear. Kieran Trippier to, to Newcastle for 12 million, I think, is a great bit of business. By the way, bearing in mind United couldn't land him for 30 in the summer, um, it's it, you know, so that that's catching the eye. I'm surprised that Arsenal was sort of going to go, uh, allow to Ma- a- make the niles just because it leaves them short in January in midfield to go into Roma. But I applaud the player for wanting to try something new and play, you know, abroad. L- love the fact that and Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey's, you know, clearly available from Juventus. What a signing that could be for someone. And then and then Gerard clearly eyeing up a reunion with Philip Coutinho at, at Villa. I mean, I do think that could be exciting for Villa fans. Any, any ones that sort of kind of catch your eye? Are those sort of kind of viable? Are those the most exciting ones that we're going to get?
0: They are. I think, I think, I think what's interesting, I think as, as we probably could have predicted, could have predicted, You know, Newcastle United is going to be the most interesting scenario. In, in, they're going in to the sign a whole back four. I Sorry? I think they're going to sign a whole new back four. I really did. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, Lucas the, suggestion Dina, is, the suggestion is, that obviously, um, as as players occasionally do, Lucas Digne at Everton has fallen out with Rafa, and there's a suggestion there, you know, that the the Newcastle are, are are in for him to well to answer mm. Trippier mm. on on the other side, and um, just not sure that the player himself, who, who I, I certainly know from maybe about. You know, twelve months ago, um, I think Dini was was thinking that he would leave Everton and go to one of the one of Europe's elite clubs, maybe even one of the big three here. That didn't work out. That didn't come to pass, but it is clear an indication of how highly he rates himself. So I'm not sure even though the money would be great, he'd be um he he'd be dashing up to Newcastle. But I think the clearly they will be, you know, yes, they will they will be absolutely the, the biggest players uh, in in the market. Everton have gone, you know, nice and early with a couple of players, you know, yep. and I think you could see, see more there. Um, he desperately needs to, obviously. Patterson's a um, good player. Sorry?
1: Patterson's a good player. He
0: looks a good player, you know, I mean, he's a limited first-team experience. I, I, he, he looks a good player, and, you know, you don't want to sort of, like, you know, just basically characterise him, but he does look, you know, a, 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 a typical with, with the typical determination and passion um, of, of, of a Scottish player. So, yeah, he's good. Um... Whether or not any of the big big teams will 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 make any moves, I'm not sure. You know, for everything that Ragnick says, you know, if, if he can get a couple out, maybe maybe he'll try and get a couple in. Yeah. You think? Well, he's think got, he's really got seventeen quite... to
1: get rid of, has not he?
0: Sorry, he's got seventeen. He's got seventeen. To get 17 rid of, and keeps going up. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't think many are going to take anti martial or whatever the price. But it's. Um, yeah, but I agree. I think Ramsey you' make, make a good signing for someone, but you can't really see City, Liverpool or Chelsea being being overly active, can you?
2: No, no, not at all. Yeah.
0: Matt, anyone catch your eyes?
2: No, it's like Andy says, it's that yeah, one always comes out of left field, but I don't think it would be particularly interesting when it's always a, a depressed market anyway, especially uh, the, there's no money swilling around that suddenly someone, in, for, for the noises that Barcelona are, are busy flexing their financial muscle somehow uh i i there's often takes a, a trigger signing doesn't it to, to pick a few off and uh, in sort of like dominoes and i've got no sense that, that the big clubs are looking to do that i mean even spurs who arguably are the ones that that might do yeah you know, might be looking to invest even conte's playing that down so uh so no i think it might be quite a quiet one but like you say newcastle with most uh uh, you know, they want to make sure they're in the Premier League next season, so they they might be speculating a few of those uh, uh, million millions of pounds that they've got just to to try and make sure that they creep over the line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The um, yeah, it, it does make me laugh. The Barcelona soap opera. I mean, blimey, this is a team that you know had to get rid of the best player in the world because uh, they couldn't basically fit him into the wage structure and. You know, couldn't then sign a couple of big, you know, register a couple of new signings because they didn't have the uh, have the finance to do it. I mean, come on, you know, to people, please consider when you're writing when you're writing about Barcelona. It goes with a big caveat. Thank you. Um, um, But let's finish on FA Cup memories. So, listen, I'll I'll let you go first, Matt. But I I just did amuse me this week to see. Various people sort of on this day, I think, it was, was it yesterday or the day before, uh, recalling that sort of, what was it, um, 30, 31 years ago now, sort of the uh, Arsenal losing at Wrexham 2-1. Uh, Mickey Thomas is, you know, famous free kick. Arsenal in the middle, I think, of two two uh, title winning seasons. It wasn't it wasn't a great day that that day. They even took the lead, but as Alan Smith, you know, amazing striker, top scorer in both title winning seasons, sort of did tweet and sort of jog my memory. <laughs> Basically, not only did they lose at Wrexham, the coach broke down on the way home, which I just thought capped it off as a great FA Cup story. But Matt, what's your favourite?
2: Well, I think we all like it, don't we, when Premier League stars are taken out of their comfort zones. Uh, and I, I was recalling this morning, I don't think I've ever seen anyone look more uncomfortable than when uh, Robinho uh, had to go to Scunthorpe in his very last game for Manchester City. Um, I've never seen, right by the room there... It, it, the the players get off the bus and walk through to their changing rooms. And I've never seen anyone wearing more knitwear as, as they got off the bus than him. Um, he just was in the midst of agreeing his, um, move to Santos on loan. Uh, so that was in the offing, but he'd only started three games all year. I think in the last game was against Everton. He'd come on as a sub and then been substituted himself. He was so miserable that day. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, for a long time, Scunthorpe were pushing 3-2 down, hit the post, whatever. And Sod's Law, it was him who scored the fourth goal to finally kill off their hopes on a horrible day, wet pitch, everything. And speaking of uh, transport disasters afterwards, we were there writing up. I was one of the last ones to leave, uh, got back to the overflow car park, which was a grass field when we arrived and was now about four inches of mud, got there and there was a slight up ramp on the way out uh, and the car wasn't having it because everyone else had left and churned it up. So I had to trudge muddy muddy footed, Back to the boardroom, which was the only part of the ground with any life still. Knock on the door uh, uh, and ask Nigel Adkins if there's any chance his groundsman could get his tractor out and give us a tow. So, uh, so that day ended not only with uh, the upset without the upset we wanted, but, but it was so muddy the tractor couldn't pull me up the ramp. So he said the best I can do is to pull you deeper into the field where it's a bit drier and you've really got to put your foot down you've got one go at this so uh so it ended with me whizzing at about 40 miles an hour across this ploughed field uh hitting this ramp and just skidding up onto the ground and, and then ha- hastily putting the anchors on when i got there because i was in danger of flying across the tarmac and into a lamppost but uh yeah that was a memorable fa cup day with uh, a transport related disaster at the end of it
1: fantastic was it a company car
2: it was a couple of oh, oh, yes. well, there
1: you go. What are you yeah, worried about, uh, Mandy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, there's loads. Load, you know. I mean, we all love going to, you know, um, to the non-league gra- non-league grounds and watch. I remember covering. Um, and do you remember Chase Town's run to the third round, um, and probably 2008, and a great coach. Uh, but it's a great coach. I'm, I'm struggling to remember his name. I think it was Charlie Blakemore. I think his his name was a lovely fella, absolutely. And and they were they were eighth tier. I mean, absolute maximum, maybe even ninth tier, but I think eighth tier. And going to see them. I think they got knocked out by Cardiff, and I covered a, a couple of their rounds. And what was what's great is, is a couple of years later, I sort of checked up on them where they all were, and you know, loads of them have just gone back to their jobs. And and literally, I think I think, I think Charlie, the, the coach, actually was quite up in BA systems and, and he got promotion and couldn't find the time to the job anymore. Guy was in HM Revenue, he got promoted. He couldn't play anymore. You know, And that's what it's all about. But what I would like to, you know, and I, we've done loads of those. Marine in Spurs was, was, was great fun more recent times. All the non-league games that you go and see, you know, against against the big teams. I think last time I, I, when, when I spoke about this, now obviously they, they were non-league at the time. But um, York City, you know, Booth and Crescent, you, you know, against against Arsenal and against Liverpool, sensational days out. Um, but you know, I just I just want people to remember. It's funny. I, I found I was going through some old stuff um, at my parents' house, and and one of the things that my dad, who's a is a, a lifelong Liverpool fan, had had kept, them, and his pride of place is the is the Liverpool Echo from 1965 when Liverpool won their first FA Cup two one against Leeds. With the big headline, EI Adio, it's a Liverpool pink, the pink echo with comes out on Saturday nights. EI Adio, the Reds have won the Cup. And that was the first time they'd won the FA Cup. And let me tell you now, for fans of that generation, for fans of a certain generation, and it's worth remembering this when we decry the FA Cup, that was a defining moment in Liverpool's history, if not the defining moment in Liverpool's history. Better, you know, my, my dad will probably remember it with more affection than the Europe, first European Cup win, than... You know, title wins um, than anything else really, and that was the place that the FA Cup had. And then w- went through more papers. And the next day, there was pictures of it was remarkable. It, 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 the reception for the open top bus um, through Liverpool City Centre. I mean, it was literally you know it dwarfed the one that the 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 Klopp's Liverpool got um, after winning the um, Champions League in Kiev. Was it Kiev? Yeah. It was it? But and. I just thought to myself then, this was the sort of what the FA Cup was and, and in a way still should be, you know, and, and if other clubs looked at it like that, it, it, and I just thought, you know, I sort of missed that um, that idea that as much as as we, you know, like it, as much as, you know, so many people do, you know, it's worth remembering the place that it's got in, in, in football history. And as I say, you ask any Liverpool fan of a certain vintage, what was their... The finest day they'll say 65
1: FA Cup FA Cup final, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Madrid, wasn't it? Madrid, Madrid, not oh.
0: oh, yes, yes, they've <laughs> got, yes. Beat by, yeah. got yeah. Beat by have someone here. on. <laughs> um, but no, no, go. no, they, um, yeah, of course, they got, beat no, by
1: no, it. no, sure, no, um, no, it's I, you know, I, I do, I do love, I do love the FA Cup and it retains it, it retains the magic as, as far as I can see, and I, I particularly love this sort of the you know the 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 papers on the saturday morning of the fa cup third round weekend because i think they get some cracking features you know fantastic sort of because it's not just about the top four it's not about just the top six and the premier league that that dominates every other weekend and rightly so because the premier league is fabulous and we love it but i do think it's 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 one week it's one weekend in the calendar where i think you know, and I, I do get a bit disappointed in sometimes the TV companies showing a lack of, you know, imagination. All Premier League guys, nice, who cares? You know,
0: well, 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 exactly. You know, I mean, yes. Look at what what's on this weekend. You know, culminating in, in Manchester United versus Aston Villa on 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 Monday night. I mean, I, 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 we can't remember last time Man United went on. I agree. just quickly, though. The other thing, it it's amazing. I agree. you, All these stories agree from from from. From the lower leagues type teams and non-league teams, but now, of course, in this day and age, they all try and imitate, you know, the, the bigger teams. So, so my local team here, like you know, in the seventies or whatever, like you know, so they've got a sports psychologists and nutritionists. I mean, nutritionists. I mean, talk about nutritionists used you to know, take them to McDonald's or like you know, or pour a pint of beer. It's like you know. And, and it's brilliant because, it, and it's actually great to watch these the the these non-league managers. You know, again, not disparaging. You, you know, they all want to be Pep, don't they? Or they all want to be Klopp. They all want five subs, or they all, they all want to, you know, talk about rotation. But I no, it should be great. I and listen, it's a nice break from the Premier League, isn't it? And from I'm from, from football league
1: anyway listen guys thanks so much for joining it's been really really good fun loads of loads of stuff to talk about so I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty to cheer over next week as well actually so join us same same time same place next week thanks